and obey his commands. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you, uh, before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. Lord, please hear my prayer that I pray on behalf of the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's house, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly toward you. We have not obeyed your commands, decrees, and laws that you gave your servant Moses. Notice, as in Ezra's prayer, plural pronouns dominate this prayer. No excuses, simply confronting the failure and confessing it. Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, If you are faithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants and your people, O Lord, whom you redeem by your great strength and your mighty hand. O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man, this man being the king. Oh, and by the way, he says, I was cupbearer to the king. So Nehemiah has a very important position within the court of Artaxerxes. He's the cupbearer. He's an insider. He is uh, a, a trusted person in a position of authority and honor. He prays. I, I'm, I'm distraught that the city is lying in a heap of rubble. And remember back when we, when we were in uh, uh, Ezra, we looked over at Haggai and Zerubbabel. And we saw that Haggai, 520 B.C., uh, when the temple was going to, they were going to get going on the temple, God said, I see, it's not the right time to build my house, but it is the right time for you to build yourselves paneled houses. So people were working on their own homes, but where did they do it? Not in Jerusalem. They settled in surrounding villages. Who could deal with the rubble? The Babylonians totally destroyed Jerusalem. It was literally burned stone, all caved in and a pile of rubble. Why do that when you can build something brand new in another location? And that's what's happening here. So Nehemiah prayed to God about it. He was very upset that the city that he had pictured in his mind was such a glorious and beautiful city. Uh, Look over at Psalm 122, and we'll get an idea of Jerusalem. I'll bet it's an idea, uh, an idea like Nehemiah and Ezra may have had. Psalm 122 is a psalm of ascent. That is, it's one of a series of psalms that are sung when you're ascending toward Jerusalem for the pilgrimage festivals. Remember, every road to Jerusalem is up. Uh, Jerusalem's 2,500 feet above sea level, and every approach road goes up to Jerusalem. So you always go up to Jerusalem regardless of your direction. Now, on a pilgrimage festival, you have a long way. You've walked a long way, say, from Galilee to get 
to Jericho, and now you have 17 miles to go that starts at 900 feet below sea level at Jericho and ends at 2,500 feet above sea level 17 miles later. So you have a, a significant vertical gain in a relatively short time. And these psalms of ascent were meant to be sung, in part, to encourage people as they're making the, that trip up the hill. Hence, they're called songs of ascent, because you're ascending to Jerusalem. But when you crest the Mount of Olives and you finally look out over the city of Jerusalem after that big, long hike up a big, long hill, Psalm 122 is the psalm that you sing. And when we go to Israel and we ascend from Tel Aviv on the coast uh, and we all ascend all the way up to Jerusalem, we have a little welcome ceremony when we get there overlooking the city during which we read...